Hey there, everybody. <clears throat> this is Tavo DRC Leadership. We're celebrating the freedom to be ourself in the Lord, being ourself in ministry, because it's been so much going on with the discovery of many things. I'm over here taking taking a few days off to rest, but also relax and also get a fresh perspective. We're really going to go for it, hard charge it out to get it to the region, to the nation, because it's had a lot of opposition. And when one looks at and supervises your life from the rearview mirror and you didn't understand exactly what it was, what it used to be that withstood, that was there in the occult, spiritual cult realm, which I'd never been brought up, but it's in the region. It's in this region, but it's in other many regions that say they're Christian. And I would say I would advise the leaders who are over the false teaching that I'm not opposing you as humans, but I do get opposed and many others are wearied by the false teaching of the supposed biased Christian, pious Christian religious spirit. So I deal with powers and principalities, the office of the pastor, the office of the apostle, the office of the leader, the prophet, the teacher and evangelist. I've done it for a long time. I just had never known, I'd never been raised, I'd never experienced sidelining by false teaching and witchcraft, real witchcraft, that says it's prophecy. That is the issue. You know, you can have the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts. It can be a little unusual to people. You have to get used to it, know if it's God or not. But then, you, and it takes wisdom, God letting you know, you know your Bible, but you're because you're doing it by faith, it's subjective. But then after a while, you think, "What is this? I've never felt, I've never perceived big boss opposition. I had never. I didn't know that when you go towards certain kinds of ministry, high profile, low profile, high style ministry, usually there's a lot of gentrification involved. And we're not against you being a gentrified Christian in this nation, but it's when it gets to the affecting the focus of the people who run it, who have it, who think they own it. And that is the issue we're going to talk about. So I've got my teaching center, apostolic ministry teaching. I've got the fine arts side. I've got the experience of the prophet of, you know, where the rubber meets the road because we're grassroots. We're trying to make it everybody equal at grassroots. Everybody who's a Christian a peer until you prove yourself otherwise and we're not putting up with some of this phony stuff one of the things that i think is great is that god allowed me to understand the hard way what it is to encounter the jezebel watching group man that group is strong-willed strong and powerful but in the wrong direction it's cult it's cultish it is in the nation so when i was called in age 76 an age of 24 in 1976. The Lord said, Tavo, I want you to study the body of Christ. I want you to study their doctrines, their pet peeves, their red flag buzzwords, their music, their dress, their style. And then one day, you know, like different cultures of Christian. And one day I'm going to have you build bridges of understanding for the body of Christ. And now I say, oh, it's for community.
So the cultures are subcultures within a, quote, Christian or quasi-Christian color uh, culture. They could be African-American, brown skin tone, black skin tone. I've dealt with all kinds, Vietnamese, African-American, a lot. And then I've dealt with different colors of, you know, white and black and brown, Holy Spirit or not, men or not have a human's ministry. This has always been, I've been sent to humans, like it or not, humans, not just males or females, not just women, but people and mostly men. Because why? I respect them. They're supposed to be the top leader in chain of command in leadership, ministry, head of home, and so forth. That didn't mean they have to be legalist or totalitarian turf protectors. That could be wrong. And God is not a legalist, but I'm sent to say there are, there are always people that are needed that are character and quality and call that can be male and or female. So it doesn't matter. We have Deborahs. This is like a Deborah. In history, you might have Joan of Arc, Jeanne d'Arc. You might have had many others. Hulda. But it isn't because we're wanting to do it because I'm a female. Listen, there has never been a women's lib bone in this person's body. I'm a human first. Because I was raised by Christians who were not elite, but were gentlemen and ladies, nice people. And when I follow after my dad, who is servant leader, when I look back as a pastor, how he did, because I went out with him as he ran errands, looks like I'm running errands today. I watched him act, interact with all colors, all kinds. And he was raised in the Deep South. He came from Dallas, Georgia, but he was not a bigot, not at all. He was friends. And through my life, there's always been an interjection of African-American people that are sent like to, to get to know them up close. And I'm going to tell a few of these now because I can tell a difference when I walk in as a person, as a human, one of God's people, just like you, a peer or a friend or a visitor, I can tell a difference in how I am, whatever's on me, which is very diverse, an energy of diverse and rhythmic. I have rhythmic. Allegretto is my basic style, all right? But I can tell a difference of the reaction between people groups, African Americans, <laughs> Vietnamese, black, white, and brown internationals, most people, Baptists and Vineyard and all the natural denominations, they don't do a thing. They're just nice, nicer. They are perceptive. Oh, it's a visitor. Oh, she's white. It's a she, whatever. But they don't go. They don't seize up. Back off. That is what I've determined is dysfunctional ministry. Producing it in the rank. Dysfunctional Pharisee, and you know what? Pharisees to Jesus when he came in, he, and he walked it out. Pharisees aren't fair, you see, because they never speak. They just size you up, target you in prayer if you're not their style. And I was never, I'm, I say it now because they're all white, they're Levitical patriarchs. The ones that have done this is spirit of a culture within the white Christian culture. Maybe it's called the patriarchy of the ministry patriarchy of the ministry determines if they have a cult spirit cronyism big boss levitical path uh, levitical patriarchs have a python controlling it's about us turf guarding pray against even occult witchcraft god forbid 
let's don't do this and I'll stop talking about it. I would have stopped talking about it, but I had to grow in it. This is the issue. It's I never had been, let me say this, I was raised so happy. So, so people that were so nice, real Christians, Billy Graham type Christians, just real, you know, Presbyterians, Baptists, no tongue talking or anything. This was a brand new learning curve. And I also had had, for the first time, I never talked too much about it because I didn't want to let it out. But I didn't know what it was like to be abused. I didn't know what it was like to have this silent treatment, be dominated, controlled financially and, you know, money and emotionally. And I accounted that later after I grew up and wed during life. And I pray it made me strong to go to God rather than not quit. I'm the kind that if you're going to marry, <laughs> I, you know, I know my Bible. I'm going to do it. Please, God. So you, it's like holding your sword you're not going to leave. You're going to forgive them. You're going to forget by God's grace. And that's in our country. You need to know how to handle these things. I'm going to tell you tips. You have to know when to stay, how long, and when your life is in danger or your, your body's in danger or you're just under great evil, you're being damaged, when to leave. And maybe leaving them does not mean you're going to divorce them. Leaving them is to shake them up and protect you as a human whom God loves and your children if that's needed. But nobody was there because, see, nobody in my family had ever been damaged, abused, to my knowledge, wife abused. And by the time that happened that season, I have my father, my great father, had gone to be with the Lord, so I had no man in the family, no human man. And the others were like, hate to say it, there's doctrines out there that provide people are into themselves, you know, just don't understand it. So we want to be there for you. I can be there for you to say, we love them, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. That's part of that learning curve. Also learned back in the 90s, this is late 90s, right before Dallas. It's how I got into Dallas by the, didn't want to go, but that was the way it was. And I had family in Dallas at the time, but I thought, wow. What do you do when there's nobody there to tell you how to handle and you're getting screamed at and you're getting effed out? And because I'm a prophet and a seer, you know, really sensitive and worried. If you, if you ever read the language, the book, The Five Languages of Love, one of my main ones are gifts, you know, gifts. And you can have acts of service, gifts, uh Words of praise. Mine is words of praise. And I've never been one that ever cussed anybody. I never any hurt anybody, never gossip, never believe. You know. So I've done my part because I know it's bad. It hurts people. It's an invisible realm of word cursing that is spiritual and emotional and is very, very damnable. I'd never been around it. My father and mother were never fighting. Nobody fought. They resolved, you know, everybody's peaceful and nobody cussed. Nobody abused anybody. And that was like I had to grow up alone, but nobody was there except God. And thank God for good teaching on TV, word of faith teaching, and then more Pentecostal teaching and get in the worship and the word. That's why I understand the worship need to have clean book of Acts, to have clean, healthy book of Acts. Cause I would go where I found, where I was sent, you know, you're sent on your journey and I was sent by God 
day in, day out, just to live it, you know. And if he says, go to that revival, learn about that kind. Uh, I didn't know I'd be a prophet, all this stuff, until later. I never desired it. It's just whatever God said he wanted me to do, I was willing to do it. I'm open, you know. Not a big deal. So when I went out to study different moves in black and brown, nothing but respect. Holy Spirit or not. When I'd go to black, I mean white, that were not this false teaching, cronyism and big boss misogyny and dysfunction. You know, people, last days, watch out, lovers of them. You know, the fruit were for the human, all the humans, so that God won't judge them. But we are pro clean, healthy doctrine so that people want to go to church and can go safely. That's why I'm making my point. I'm going to be teaching about submission. I have a whole teaching out there that's been coming out and I'm going to get it more, you know, more proper and refined. I have a helper now that will keep me, you know, going a writer. And so I'm going to be trying to make it line upon line about what in the world is this topic it's almost satanic to me because I'd never been around anything like that. It's mingled in with false teaching. Submission. <laughs> the title of the topic, and if you see this later, it's going to be written eventually, but it's going to be oral first, just teaching on it, a series. It's called Submission is Consensual. God gave me that topic out of the blue. And I thought, yeah, it's pretty alarming sounding Cons submission is consensual because you can't tell who's going to know what when you go to a church that's the issue you can't tell and if they're country farm rate or back under the law mountain william theology school of theology with little women and you know you know everybody can form a authoritarian dominating or just ignorance you're going to run into that a lot more and i that was part of my growth spurt, my learning curve, to teach it firmly, correctly, and also train about what it means to have equal opportunity, real respect, just respect, confrontation instead of gossip, uh, instead of reading people, you know, all this drama. It's just drama. Why do I want to go? I don't have to go, and you don't have to go if it's trauma. You don't have to go if it's psychic reading you and never speaking to you, and then tail-bearing that they think you're that ugly thing they think you are because they're hyped in it. They're steeped in it. They're choking God's message and His Spirit because it's not even on the doctrinal spectrum of the first church, witch-watching. <laughs> I call it witch-watching. Some call it shepherding. It comes down... Oh, yeah, it comes down from the Salem witch trials, the whelp, the New England patriarch whelp that came over on the first colonies and could have been affected by the book, the Malleus Maleficorum, the hammer of the witch, the monk in the uh, day, in the, the Inquisition of women. I mean, I have researched this for how many, almost over half my life just because it was so amazing, so shocking, so dysfunctional, it cannot, you cannot help but get its attention. So if I ever get the strength and the you know time to do it, I'll just tell you when I got literally jumped, many things here and there. Now on the way to be positive, and I'm very positive because you don't have to be right. You can't, you need to know it. 
You need to get rid of it if you're doing it, but you need to know it to not get hurt by it and have to get healed like I did. See, this is it. I had a ministry. I did have a ministry that was around an area. I'm an area kind. I'd go to pastor's gatherings. I'd do all this stuff. I wasn't famous, but I had a, a name, you know, a nice name, in a region before Dallas because I was sent for urban, suburban reconciliation and Christian ministry for revival and I went to many meetings. That was prior to this evil eye spirit relocating, coming up to my region where it was in the county, the rural county. And I didn't know that culture because I wasn't rural or in the county until later that that took a whole like yeast of the Pharisees, which spread. It's mostly Pentecostal, charismatic right now with the and, and maybe it has different variations of mild to cruel and unusual very very witchy so i didn't realize it that that is my proving ground that is what i lived through and that is dysfunctional so now i can help teach prophecy the spirit of hearing god you know hearing from the lord john 16 13 when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth he won't talk about himself he'll talk about things to come that's our sounding board it's not critical it's not spooky it's like opened for you to hear God about it and that is what I want you to do so that's where we're very careful about dogma not being dogma authoritarian accusation nobody had ever told me that you would take your personal life or your ministry life into your hands just for going where the Pentecostal power is and these are not all Pentecostals that do it there are different shades of Pentecostal, different shades of Baptist beliefs, different shades of missionary Baptist, different shades of different, every kind of Catholic. Some are more critical, some are more general, some are more refined, some are more nice, some are nice, and some are, everybody has a group that's diabolical. Well, I would not put all these humans down as all evil and say they're just all evil. I think they're just never been taught. They just are not acting human anymore. Now they're just gifted. They're just psychic. They're gifted. So the cult spirit is big. And when I went, I was at, I'm out in another part of the area up in the, you know, North Carolina. So I went to a, a church, a famous church, and I have been to its other branches. I go there and I just think it's great. And it was a great church. But in the spirit realm, I could say, man, these people are dealing with something. Not them. It's not them. It's the area, the region they're in. They have the same probably. If I were to talk to the, get to the top leaders, I'd say, you probably are dealing with the same thing I've been dealing with. Now I have the, you know, I've overcome it. I had to. It's a controlling white witchcraft having to do with, I think, money big boss in an area of a you know it could be it could be the power, the governing powers that be that's a culture we live in right now and so i thought of those people that and the prayer request uh the pastor had commented he said you know a lot of people are asking for strength this year we're believing god for strength and i have needed strength when i was going through this and when i could see that and you know that feel that discern that spirit blocking and suppressing or controlling it wears you down so we're not um frustrated with the god's people even the false you know 
but we're very leery of where I will dare allow myself, my chosen God's self, no ulterior, no hidden agenda, very open to be, you know, respectful and responsible, very approachable. I will now not go where I, their people included, the people are warped, included their cult spirit. They haven't left anywhere except their kind, is my opinion. So all this submission teaching is mixed into that, the cult spirit. Be they highbrow or low, where they fault finding it or not, it is a spiritual quality that one needs to know if you're going to dare visit an ongoing repeat, attend, much less join certain kinds of doctrinal bathwaters. So Tavo D'Arcy has a lot to say about this and to give you an opinion that respects the human, not to revile them. I'm not making TMZ tabloids putting their name up, their famous name and famous wannabe name up there on my, you know, and making money off. I'm not. That is sin. That is evil. It breeds distrust in all Christians. It doesn't transform lives. It is, has no holy fear of the Lord. It just wants its way to say it and then they get money off of it from video i asked chat gpt ai about submission about naming false prophets because it's so big it's a fad it's a country law fad all right because i've been around doing this for so long i remember hearing the little you know 350 under churches, you know, they're a false prophet. You know, that's how they're sitting around jawing, you know, they're a false prophet. Yeah. Anybody who's not like you is usually the biggest top percentage of what who who thinks who is false is based on their theology, true or not. So you gotta hear right now, you gotta hear for yourself. That's my opinion. But listen, I'd be careful of anything and don't automatically accuse anybody of being false because the big talking head did it or the little local talking head because they're off most of the time in some way. Only Jesus has perfect doctrine, not me, not them, not you. So you gotta hear God. Paul said, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Only follow me, said Paul, if I follow Christ. Know me, my doctrine and my lifestyle, says Paul. Know me, he said, you know, Paul said he honored and praised and lauded the Jews who are the noble Bereans for picking apart his teaching. So you have my permission. This is why we do Selah. This is why we do Selah. Pause and think about it. See if it's really in the Bible, New Testament. And then you hear God for yourself because you're going to stand alone on the final day and be before the Lord. And I won't be there. They won't be there. You won't be there with me. And I won't be there with you. you got to hear God. we got to do this. This is for the Christian. Anybody else, it's up to you to choose. But the Christian gets the word of the Lord from this ministry. All right. So if I were to start all over, which I am, to really get it, you know, we're getting... We want more prayer people and we want just God, you know, just a general prayer, a love offering of prayer. Whenever you think of me or it, when God puts you on my heart, just lift this up. That's all I need. Um, so my mama was a Bible teacher, pastor's wife. My, my aunt and her husband were pastors. She pastored alone when he died. My um, cousins teach Bible, their whole family. My grandmothers on both sides were Bible teachers and scholars and everybody had a ministry unsung but there 
People wrote to my grandmother and my mother's side when she was even in her 80s asking for prayer. And she was a very happy person. These people were not moody. <laughs> they were not cloudy. They were not seeking devils. No. So you can have Holy Spirit, Book of Acts, without all the glamour, without all the crapology that's out there now. Crapology stings like whelp. Whelp, Western European Levitical patriarchism is really like Saul, the Saul spirit. Saul was a melp, not a whelp. He was a Middle Eastern Levitical patriarch, but he persecuted, targeted with the same fruit of this kind. Misogynist, biased, stone-throwing, undermining, you murderous, treacherous. The Saul spirit the accuser Saul spirit is same as the Saul spirit that persecuted David, the new move of God. So it persecutes the new move of God. It's self-righteousness, but it's dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional. It's missing. It does not perceive accurately. This is why they're false. So I, I ask, because of all this cluster of stuff, garbology, as well as good stuff, well-meaning, I said, now, dear chat, GPTI, I did it in June, July of 23. I said, when they did the first church name false prophets, did they name them and revile them and just let it all hang out, you know, blast them? Did they, you know, call them false prophets? And it said, the first church did name false prophets, but they never reviled them. And they only named them within the community. They didn't blast them for all society to revile and mock them and show their houses and make a famous name for themselves, getting speaking engagements and more money for doing it by naming their brothers and mothers as false teachers, false prophets. So that's up to you. All right. So I said, now, what about this submission? Where, in, when we look around all the history and what we hear and the echoes in our mind and the flame-throwing Bible beatdowns, hates, you know, all the different things that's good, bad, and not, really positive and not, that the society thinks is a Christian minister, did, dear chat, GPTAI, June, July of 23, did... Was the first church Ephesians 5.21, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord? Because I remember that. I, I think of that verse because I've had so much accusation, you know, so much massage, so much weirdness in the last 20 years in the big boss, you know, whatever that teaching thing is, that subculture. I thought, wow, I was, I never, it's, it's not Baptist. It is not most people that are denominational, like Methodist, Catholic, black, white. And Nobody does it except the submission freak, the patriarchs of the cronies that usually, but really sometimes ignorant, the, what is the old, oh, shepherding movement. The shepherding movement came in in the mid-70s, maybe that's when I heard of it, uh, as a Jesus person, because I got, I wasn't raised spirit-filled or Holy Spirit. I did ask for the baptism at age 20, but, you know, didn't know anything about it. So when the charismatic renewal started, this is when I was involved in listening and being called to the Lord and everything. And so New One magazine had a great charismatic writing, just quality. I even saw Judson Cornwall. He came to Virginia, and I saw him, and he's fine. And Bob Munford, all these different ones were out there. 
I think it's Bob Mumford. Anyway, some of those people. So then later, the magazine started to get tough. It started to get off, and it was the shepherding movement, all white men, all white Levitical patriarch males are over all the women and submission. You got to be submitted. You're not submitted. And then later when I was visiting revivals and I was at a charismatic revival, I remember in the county where I lived, a really nice church where it had good revivals. And I would go because I needed the Lord. And, you know, I'm a hum- you know, I like to worship and be with God's people. And I was sent. And uh, I remember they were talking one time how they had gotten some doctrine it sounded like from maybe the left coast at the top you know north northwest uh theology and it was about more organization in their government and that started me i'm putting together puzzle pieces of different teaching which is all white it seems that it's only the say it, the white men know it all the only white men are over everybody so when I didn't know all that, and I'm very giving, and I don't mind, you know, in other words, people are, I'm just learning myself. I did notice that after a while, when certain groups moved in that had the occult spirit, which I didn't know definitely was until now, you know, and through the years, it moved up from the Florida. And when I was sent to Florida, I was later sent through my life to hotbeds of ministry, you know, different kinds of cultures. Florida, Tampa, Orlando many times even spoke there, the panhandle, different places. And speakers would come up and I'd send, you know, different ones. I'm for that. I can do signs and wonders or not. I, I respect it. Then I would to Tulsa many times many times and that is where i heard from the lord about myself and this call after my father died my mother and sister embraced like got into the word of faith and they moved up to tulsa so i'd visit them i was married i had a new baby we'd fly up there and i'd get to see it firsthand and study it i was still studying and watching and so i'd come back and i'd think boy they get all these people around me in the county, all these other men, I had my own ministry called Encouraging Word back in 1980s. This was in the 80s. And so I had, you know, professional ministry full time since then, plus my life, you know. So I remember a Bible study started, a Bible school started in my county. And then when started, you know, they were going to the Bible center up there, teaching Rama, Rama's Bible center up there. And I was set up and these are all spirit filled not baptist but i was raised baptist thankfully because that keeps me one foot on the ground and level it really has that not everybody's going to do this not everybody is going to do this they're not going to know this you just let them know and then they can choose what they need out of it so i came back one time after being in my area which is dark and oppressed in the spiritual sense good quality but oppressed so I would go out of the area, you could tell a difference in areas, which I can. So I'd go up to Tulsa, I came back, and everybody's going to college, Bible college, mom, sis, all these people. And I said to the Lord, I said, because I had my own ministry, all right, Lord, do you want me to go to Bible college or seminary? And the Lord said, no. I went, what? He said, gave me a verse. And it says, you will have no, you will have no need that any man shall teach you, but the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. And I said, all right. He let me take one class at the Bible study in the local county where I was. And I took one class, the book of Acts by Charles, somebody, elder man, quality teaching. 
When I took that book, I would not have maybe known about Hebrews 6. That's all I can think. Hebrews 6 talks about the doctrines that the first church had already taught them. And they said the laying on of hands, the uh, eternal judgment, all these things that are there. The basic Hebrews 6 or 1, you know, something. I thought, oh, I never heard of that. So when I, the course was over, Charles Clawson, I liked him. He wasn't well. He was nice. And nicer than many. Nicer than most. And so he smiled even. That's what I remember. Quality teacher. So anyway, I took that class. I thought, oh, good. That was fun. I enjoyed learning. So I'm going to take another one. And the Lord said, nope. I told you to take that class, and that is all I took. So through the years, God had already given me the gift of pastors and, you know, Bible teachers in my background. I was wanting to know for my own self. And then later, the media, the teaching, and just the basic core teaching of the area of that generation was really there. And I was able to be under great ministry teachings. The, t the pastor that was in the office of where I got the call in 2000. 70, I mean, 1976 was St. Giles Presbyterian and I was married and we went there because it was sort of like a, it was quality, some charismatic, gentle, kind, charismatic, and then take up your cross and follow fear of the Lord, good quality teaching. And that was Dr. Earl Morey. And that was during the time at one of the services I got the call. So all these people that don't know they, I was in the audience will get credit will get honored for the all the things they did from me, you know, all the things that came from them for me in this call and then other people too. That's so amazing. You don't know. And when I'm going to put this in, I didn't plan on it, but when dad, <laughs> when dad uh, had a revival, he had a summer revival in his country church and I was nine years old and he had a pastor, one of his friends preaching the revival. I think it was pastor Paul Hepler or David Pastor Paul the Hepler. So Mr. Hepler, Pastor Hepler was preaching the revival in his navy blue suit when it was I was nine years old in a summer revival. It was out in the country, and so they had the windows open, and a giant bug, giant bug, giant bug, I mean a cigar-shaped bug, flew in, and I was the preacher's daughter. So I was, Mom didn't like the front row. She sat in, in like two or three back, and I sat with her. So when he was preaching... Pastor Hepler was pre, and there was no submission stuff. You just either go to church or not. It's nobody's business except yours and God's. And that's how I'm believing it. In case I don't finish my message here. Okay. Hey, I'm not going to be, do what God says. Not what man, you know, but do it the Bible, but don't be legalistic. So anyway, Pastor Hepler, unsung Baptist pastor, he was preaching revival and his really nice looking. I remember his navy blue suit. So they had the windows open. This giant bug comes in. It was like a cigar bug. Horrible. So I was riveted. What? That bird is buzzing around, buzzing around. I thought, is it going to light on me? <laughs> and so I was watching the bug and he was preaching the ministry, the teaching, you know, the revival. All of a sudden, that bug comes down and lands on Brother Hepler's shoulder. And he's preaching the Bible. I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, he's riding on his shoulder back and forth. And he's still preaching. Then all of a sudden, I remember Pastor Hepler getting that bomb. And he goes, whoop. And he smashed that bug on the back of his brake. 
looked like a brand new navy suit and it went all over it went oh my gosh so that is how i can remember that i got saved officially not that night but during that week was when i really got it i thought i don't want to go to hell <laughs> i want to really know the lord so that was the first installment now i already knew jesus you know i already knew and accepted jesus but never officially because of my parents you know my godly parents but then um i wanted to make sure i i was saved <laughs> sealed the deal so that was part and then a couple of times later billy graham and Jesus people type stuff did it. So God is so good. He gets the credit. And all these people that, all these unknown people, young and old, sitting in your audience, you don't know who you got. So keep it up. Even on the other side of this camera, other side of the TV, keep it up. That is all I'm going to say. But I'm really a calm person, really a on fire person. But I try to be very perceptive and very gentle with people because I know how it is to be about dogma. Oh, let me finish. So I asked chat GPT about submission. That's what started that. I said, was the whole church Ephesians 521, uh, mutual, in, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord, leadership, lay, family, and wedded marriage. The apostles, Paul, were they all acting it out, living it out in mutual submission, fear of the Lord. That means you respect people. You defer them. If you go to their house, it's not yours. You obey their rules. You don't shout out or take over. Same with their church. That is what I, you got to teach them now. So I asked it officially because I wanted to make sure. I said, and also, where did the authoritarians and totalitarians in the Christian church come from? And the chat GPT said, for all to know, it says the first church was all Ephesians 5, 21, mutual submission and the fear of the Lord. Why? It's confirmed with Paul in Ephesians 4, walk it out in meekness and lowliness and long suffering, endeavoring to keep the bonds of peace together. So it's true. Everybody, including family, including marriage, including pastors and offices, I asked it. Then it said, the authoritarians and the totalitarians, my way or the highway, type of minister, Christian, did not come until later, until the Roman and Greek influences infiltrated the church. And that is the day we live in. You got to know this stuff. You got to know it. God loves you. He, God bless you. This is Tavo DRC. Trying to hear God on assignment. God bless. Bye bye.